This is the Coach Haas Podcast, sponsored by Sports Rehab PA and also by Buy Optimizers. Mike, tell us a little bit about Buy Optimizers. Buy Optimizers. So we use the Masszymes. The Masszymes is a digestive enzyme that helps to break down the food that you were eating to get the most amount of the nutrients out of it so you can maximize your recovery and your performance. Combine it with the P3OM probiotic to help with some extra efficiency with that. We like to use the mass signs after big meals, carbohydrates, proteins, uh, and then you could use the uh, probiotic at night to help with that extra digestion. Use code JUICY for 10% off. That's code JUICY with, uh, for 10% off. All right, so this, uh, this episode here is uh, episode number two of our mini-series of bringing on athletes that you and I have worked with. And, um, you know, try to, I want them to give their side of the story. Uh, I want the athletes that are listening, that are going through this process to understand, you know, what other people are going through. So they're not the only one out there, you know, on this island. I mean, this is happening left and right. Um, happened last night in the, uh, in the championship game. We'll talk about that as well. Um, but today's our, our, our second guest on, our, our second athlete that we're bringing on, her name is Chelsea Meltzer. Chelsea plays uh, now college soccer at Moravian, and um, you know she had a, 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 a decent amount of playing time this year. I, I remember from seeing some of the posts. Um, so she's going to kind of sit here and, and, and tell us about her uh, experience. And um, you know, again, she worked with both Mike and I. So this process, really, from almost day uh, what was it day ten. Day 11 when you actually saw her coming out of yeah, surgery. Yeah, it was like two weeks she, after. Yep. And then all the way basically up until um, you know, a week before you left for school. So um, welcome to the welcome to the show, Chelsea. Thank you, thank you. And um, so we had a little minor thing that we're not gonna <laughs> lie about that we're not gonna hide this. We went about five minutes into our conversation and I realized that the audio wasn't working. So we're redoing <laughs> this. So some of the questions we're we're we're, we're kind of laughing about it now, you know, but um so we're going to have Chelsea kind of go back to the beginning again and, and talk to us and, and tell us about the experience, what happened, how, how it happened. Did you feel anything? Did you hear anything? So kind of tell us the story. Okay, so it was during a club game. It was just a scrimmage. It was Warrington versus Warrington. Um, I was on a breakaway, and all of a sudden, like, my knee just, like, buckled. And I didn't hear anything, like, it was just like a casual like knee buckle so I just kept running and then like the when I didn't have the ball anymore and I was just like walking and jogging on the field like I could feel like my knee swelling up and I was like oh boy I was like not a knee problem again and so I just kept playing I was like whatever and then I was sort of sprinting to get the ball and I could feel my knee shift every step I took on my right leg and I was like Oh boy, I was like, I to slow myself down, I had to start hopping on one leg. And I just like went down and like everyone knew. Cause like, I don't really like, if I get hurt, like I'm hurt. And they're like, oh God, this isn't good. This right, one, she's down. Like, yeah. This, this, is this one girl comes up to me from the other team was like, maybe like you need to stretch your knee or something. And I was like, no. I was like, that isn't the yeah, case. That's, yeah, that's not happening. Like I was that. like, no. And so like the next day, I went to the doctors, like the orthopedics, I went to Rothman. And they did all like the tests, the Lachman's tests and everything. And they're like, I don't think any major ligaments are torn. So I was like, okay, that's good. And then my knee was really swollen. So they thought there was fluid in it. So they drained all the fluid, but there was no fluid, it was all blood. 
So they were like, okay, well, that's really concerning. So I want you to get an MRI. So I went to go get my MRI. A few weeks later, I went back to the doctors to get my MRI read. And it was fully torn. And there is still some fluid left. So they, or it was still swollen. So they still tried draining stuff. There was still, it was just blood. Wow. So, yeah. And then I met with my surgeon. Cause the other doctor still was like, it still feels really stable. And I was like, okay. I was like, I don't know. And I met with my surgeon and he was like, no, it's fully torn. Like, there's like nothing no like you have no leeway like it's just so weak and i was it's, like it's, they're, they're saying it's complete tear. it's, it's complete tear. yeah and they were like because the, i had no pain like some people i met like they had pain like for right. like five minutes or two minutes there, did you feel no. it did you hear it nothing neither i felt like i didn't feel anything i had no pain whatsoever and they're like it's because it's fully tore right away like the nerve endings like there was no like pain signals to send pain to your like your brain that you knew. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So it was just completely torn. That's interesting. I've yeah. I actually not heard of that yet, Mike. You know, that's um, have you ever heard of that where there's where there's um, it's just it, it's such an instant tear there, it almost shocks the nerve, right? It just doesn't even send that signal up to the brain that like ouch, like I I felt that. I felt well, adrenaline, that's how people take bullets and they don't even know until you calm down yeah. and then all of a sudden you start feeling that. So um, your adrenaline's going and it could have just happened and then, yeah, just overlaps. Almost that, yeah. that instant denial. Like, no, no, that, that didn't happen. Yeah, like, yeah I was, like I always had like, because like when I was like back then, I was, I wasn't strong. Like I thought I was, but right. I've always had like knee problems or like my IT band was weak. So it like, hurt my knees. So I was like, okay, like it's just like one of those again, like just like a minor problem. Right. But obviously you also ran like, track too, right? Yeah. So, so very linear sport. Well, I mean, what did you just, what were your, what were your, um, um my events? main events were the 200 and 400. Okay. 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 Mm -hmm. So, um, so, okay. So they're, you go and, and you get the MRI and everything, and, and you, we were just talking, and we, when we lost our audio there, and you're saying about um, your dad, kind of take us back. Like, oh yeah, your dad. <laughs> he um, we got the like the paper report and everything, and he was like reading. He was like, no MCL tear, no this tear, no this tear, and he got fully ACL tear. Like he was reading it out loud to me, and I was like, I was like, let me see that, and he was like oh, maybe it's not right. Like, let's wait until the doctors come in and stuff. And I was like, no, dad. Like, he right. was trying to sugarcoat it for me, like, make it seem like I was, like, it wasn't as bad. Like, it's not my ACL. And I right. was like, no, dad. Like, I'm pretty sure this MRI report isn't wrong. I was like, I think I tore it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, I mean, when it's, when it's there, I mean, it's, all the signs are showing that it's yeah. there. Um, I do remember the call. I, gosh, I don't remember the day that it happened to you, but it wasn't many days afterwards that your dad's, calling me um i forget where the referral came from my Was club coach club coach yeah. gotcha um so dad calls me i'm talking to him i'm like i appreciate that you're calling <laughs> me this early on but i'm actually in the second step in the process mm -hmm. here um i would like you to go and see you know dr yeah. mike and you know it really didn't take much convincing you know i told him Listen, I've sent other people there. You know, he does a really good job. I yeah. think that, that, you know, he's going to do a really good job explaining everything to you. You'll understand what's going on. Um, just trust me on this, you know, and he will tell you when when Chelsea's ready to come see you. 
and um, you know, they took the trust in me. Like, you know, uh, Emma, actually the same exact conversation, you know, here's another dad that I had no idea who they are. This is this, you know, a, a word of mouth yeah. referral, which I'm absolutely grateful for. And now I have to convince the parent, like, okay, they've called because they've heard about me, but now I got to deflect this momentarily mm -hmm. and then have them trust me where they don't even know me. Trust me to know that like I have a, a good PT here that will, will get her through the process and have her prepared for that next step. And that's kind of where we step in, Mike. So describe again, like what you thought about the ACL recovery. You're saying that, you know, what, when you hear about ACL, what did you think it was as much work as it yeah. needed to be? Like what goes behind it? Yeah. Well, at first I knew it was a long recovery because it's nine months. Like that, that's a long time in your life, but I didn't realize how much like work was actually put behind because like you go through like the physical therapy and then you come here and do like sports rehab, but you have to put more work in after like you come here the next day, like say you have like a break, the next day you still have to put in work to get better. Like it's just nonstop. Right. It's not just where you're coming in, doing the things here. There is a home exercise program beginning in physical therapy. We also do that here. Mm -hmm. You're getting videos sent home to you and you know, you're, you're following things. Now, again, we've talked about this before the, before we even started today. It does help when the athlete is highly motivated. You know? yeah. It can work the opposite way where, you know, sometimes you have to rein that athlete in. Uh, I think there may have been a time there when you were actually knew that you could run again, where I think I had to kind of slow you down just in the beginning. Yeah, you did. Um, <laughs> it's that inner sprinter. Yes, she yes, wants yes, to yes, go. Yes. Well, I was like, once he oh, had me. We can run. We're not sprinting yet. We can run again. Once not. he had me out on the um the treadmill thing, I was like, let me book it. Yeah, I was like, yeah, and yeah. I was like, but I was so out of shape too, where I was like, maybe I can't go as fast right now. I was like dying. Well, that and that becomes the impression too, right? I mean that. That's with any any human being is that like I I feel like I can move again so I can just go back to doing what yeah. I was doing. I think before. I was just and your so excited. Body just reminds you like no, yeah. you're not ready for yeah, that. Yeah, I was just so excited to get back into that movement again. I was like, I haven't ran in like six months. I was like, let's go. I and, then, and we talked about this in, in one of the other episodes. The the joy that I get watching the face of the athlete when I break out the soccer ball or softball or you remember oh, that. I remember the day, yeah. Right. I was, it's just simple volleys. And I was like, oh my God, I get to touch a soccer ball. I was so excited. It changes your mental, right? Yeah. I mean, you can yeah. start to feel like there's a, there's a light somewhere at yeah. the end of this tunnel. Like yeah. I'm actually doing the things yeah. that I was doing before. But kind of take us back again, like, so you're a couple of days out of surgery and now you're going to see Mike. Kind of like, what are your, what are your impressions, your expectations? Have you ever been in physical therapy before at this point? Yeah, no, well, no, I was really never in physical therapy. So I had for first week um, post-op, I was at home. Like I did my own physical therapy and everything. And then I went back for my one week checkup and I could get my knee, like, bend my knee right away to, like, 90 degrees. So he was, like, my surgeon was, like, okay, you don't have to go to physical therapy yet. So it was two weeks until I went to see Mike after surgery. Gotcha. And then. Did you do pre? No. Okay. So I didn't do anything. Yeah. So I did, like, stuff on my own. the day of the actual injury to your surgery, how long was that time? Um, So I tore it almost 
it was like a month and a half. I tore it July 28th. I got surgery September 9th. Okay. So, That's and they, six weeks. yeah, they wanted to wait because how swollen my knee was. They were like, I want the swelling. Cause I met my surgeon mid August and he was like, I want you to come back in like three weeks for surgery because I want the swelling to go down as much as possible. Gotcha. Yeah. It was that much swelling in there. It was, it was bad. After draining it as yeah. many times as it, yeah. three times. Yeah. I had like, for me to like walk out of go on like crutches because I could barely even bend my knee. I was like walking on my tippy toes. It was so stiff. Wow. It was, yeah, it was wow. bad. Well, we have some great things here that we use. You know, we have a Thermex machine, which is pretty much like a um, souped up version of a game ready where it does. I love game ready. Yeah. So if you like that, you'll like the Thermex. Um, it was just whatever things they had wrong with the game ready. The uh, Thermex just improved on that in terms of the efficiency of the compression and the keeping it sanitary. But you could do cold and compression, hot and compression, or you could do a contrast. Mm -hmm. So that would have been really good to work on early on, as well as starting to get that quad going on with the, with the stem, you know, and then now we're also implementing blood flow restriction, yeah. which I might have told you about. We weren't using it then. Yeah. Um, where you put the straps on, you start doing some exercise, but that even then you couldn't even use that early enough until the swelling gets mitigated and we start getting mm -hmm. some better control of all that, you know? Um, but yeah, she, you know, when you came in, you presented fairly well. I mean, your motion was pretty good, you know, um, and you already had a pretty good like foundational build probably from being active and, and running track and just also maybe genetics, you know, there's yeah. some athletes that come in and they just don't have a build. They just look like a twig, yeah. you know? Male and female. What was you your know? experience with strength training prior to seeing me? Because we weren't really doing that in PT. So Nothing. I you've never really... had any experience with, with strength training? I mean, myself. my sophomore year, I in the summer, I did like my like minor lifting, but it wasn't like I went to this um, guy at the like a personal trainer basically, right. but it wasn't like really like strength training i would right, say it was right. just it like yeah yeah it was just like lifting weights like wasn't really anything like that would get me any stronger really right. well her her muscle function your muscle function when i had to just have you get your muscle to resist against some force like the manual muscle testing you know it was fairly decent right, compared right. to some other athletes you'll see at your age you know and even even just gender um so that's why I say every athlete is a little bit different. So you did have, like, I remember your dad saying, she's really strong. She's really, you know, and I was like, okay. Because some <laughs> parents say that about their kid and you're like, I don't know what you're seeing here. Sorry, you know, but he wasn't being biased. He was like, yeah, yeah she has a good no. foundation. So you had yeah. some good components, but then you could see, you learned that it wasn't just the strength. It was also the neuromuscular control. Like, yeah. And you started getting into single leg stability and the single leg squat. And you could see all those. The balance was, I had no yes. balance. Yeah. I remember he would have me have like on like the unbalancing. I was like single legged. I was like, oh my God. I was she like, I that. the wobble board. Oh my God. That's the worst thing ever. I hated it. <laughs> now, so how long were, I, I, I'm trying to remember the dates, you know, this, this was over a year, a year ago. Yeah. Um, she was with you, how long were we with Mike? Two to three months. I came here December, January, I think. Okay, right. Maybe yeah, late yeah, right December. Right the New Year. Yeah, right. yeah. Right. I think I may have seen you once before the New Year, but then we actually got kicked yeah. off into the, into the New Year. Um, so then tell me what you were anticipating leaving physical therapy, right? Because 
you're doing that for a couple months. How many times, well, let's step back a second. How many times a week were you in physical therapy? Three. For at least a month, it was like three times a week. And then I think it went down to two. But yeah, okay. three to two. Yeah, so Mainly two three. three. Times. And then he's giving you home exercise things to do. Yeah. Um, then you come in to see me. We go through the assessment, uh, the evaluation. And then what is your, what is your, process your thinking process now okay I'm, I'm, I'm what did you expect when you came to see me um hardness like oh. yeah i well because mike would always be like oh just wait until you get the rumors the out there that like you know, be careful when you get there like yeah he was like he's gonna push you and i right. was like honestly i was like okay good like right. that's what i, I want, want that, right. because like well, I would be so excited to go to PT. Like, I was like, okay, like, because I hate sitting at home and not being able to do anything. So, like, there's a sense of me, like, being, like, an athlete again, like, working out and, like, right. getting back to everything. So, I love coming here and, like, yeah. going yeah, to, did. like, and yeah, everything. Did. You were early for all your sessions. I know. You I was like, ready I'm ready to go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we, our, our conversation consisted of, and it, this is most athletes, but I was always intrigued by Chelsea's, um, I'd say, you know, like, how did we sleep? Did, you know, have you hydrated today? What did you have for lunch? I know, every uh, single time. And what you would always love what my meals were. They were like <laughs> the most, like, everyone's like, hey, what'd you have for breakfast this morning? Oh, I actually had a fruit bowl with kiwi, strawberries, and blueberries, and then some scrambled eggs. There you go. I mean, She's like 90% above of, like, what the majority of the kids <laughs> your age are Yeah. Because they don't get the education. That's the other thing we always talk about is the nutrition, so... That might also help too, with your yeah. recovery Probably because right you're, right? yeah, yeah. Where, where, where did you get any like nutrition tips? Or you um, just... my um track coach actually, he's a personal trainer, so like my injury track coach, so he's like really onto that. So he gave us um my junior year for injury track, he gave us like a nutrition book, and like I had like healthy meals in it. Look at that. Yeah, All and right. I used to make wow. some of it. So, nice. Yeah. There you go. See. Yeah, your yeah, high school track coach. You have to give him a shout out. Yes. Yeah, you know for doing. He that contacted sense. you once too, Vinny. Yes, yes. Yeah. We uh, we actually stay in contact through uh, just Instagram messages here and there. Yeah, he was always asking about your pro- your progress. Yeah, like you were going through. Hey, what can she do? Like, is she able to do anything? And I think that we were we were at the point where you technically, because of how you were presenting, especially coming from Mike. That we probably could have let you run some spring like 200s, but I yeah. just wasn't really ready to see you sprinting yet. Uh, so we did hold that off. I convinced you to, you know, yeah, show up at practices and, and, and be, you know, part of the yeah. team and, and do the warm ups, but I just wasn't in touch. Yeah. It just, I just wasn't comfortable. My with that, spring you know? coach is not happy about yeah, that. Yeah, I know he wasn't. And we I don't talked about see, it. See, like, my, see, my winter coach, like, Vinny isn't my spring coach. Gotcha. He was just strict me away in winter coach. Gotcha. So he was like, he fully like supported you. He was like, right, he understood. Yeah, he was like, it's okay. Like, you don't have to. He's like, because my spring coach was like, why can't you come back? Because like my um friend Danielle, she tore hers her sophomore year. So like she, she had her junior year and like she was coming back from ACL. So she was like wanting to get back right away. She ran track and she got like, not hurt, but her knee was bothering her during track season. And like my spring track coach just, just would just not prepared for that. Type yeah. Of- and would just keep pushing her and be like, you need a run right. because like, 
at my high school, like, obviously, like, we're a smaller school, so, like, there's a pick few athletes that are, like, talented, so, like, our, like, we, our relays were really good, so, like, we wanted to go farther than them, right. and, like, she just wasn't up to it, like, her knee, and I was, like, at that time, I was, like, I didn't understand, because I had didn't go through what she went through, so I was, like, what, how much, what, what do you mean, like, you like I was, like, you, if you're running, you should run, right. I was, like, because I think it was at SOLs. We were at, like, um, Champs. And we were, like, she's, like, I don't think I can run. And we were so pissed off. We were, mm -hmm. like, I understand where she was coming from. But, like, right. in the moment, I was, like, I was, like, I'm so mad. Like, right. we're here. Right. Like, we want to run. But, like, now, like, going through it, I was, like, no, I, I totally understand. Right. I was, Smart like, choice. And, and yeah. Backing off of that. Yeah. That takes us really to, like, that almost summertime um and when did you actually start going into like practices and stuff? Like, because now at this point school's out and mm -hmm. you don't really have a club team i'm trying to remember back to you know how much you were doing outside i mean i know you were strength training outside of you know, yeah. what we were doing mm -hmm. but as far as the skill stuff you know like what, what did you do over the summertime um so I think it started practicing like May, but like it wasn't like contact or anything. Like I would be at practice and I would do like side drills, like one-on-one -on -one stuff, like going in and out of cones, like stuff we would do in um here. And then June is like when I started playing again, getting back into contact. I would scrimmage with like my club team conjoined with another club team. So like we would practice and stuff. So I got back into that in June. And then I think late June is when I played my first game. Gotcha. And I played that with my actually my college coach's club team okay so okay. I went up in there and trained with them in the summertime and then I did one-on-ones with my club coach so yeah were you wearing a brace did you go right into the brace or did um I got my brace was just a sleeve so I didn't get like the big ACL brace after like post-op gotcha. so I just wore a sleeve for a month or two and then going I was like going into college like I don't want to wear a brace like I'm not wearing one so I stopped wearing it in August, didn't wear it all through college. And when um, you're in training, you, you go to, you know, your, uh, you go away from school. It's your first year, freshman year, going mm -hmm. in there, um, highly recruited, right? You get to go there and play. Mm -hmm. um, kind of take us through the, the beginning of the, the you know, the, the season and, you know, first game, actually like playing yeah. a meaningful game, right? Like, all these games over the summer are just really just helping yeah. you get touches and, yeah. and all that. And then you're getting into not only your first game, but the first college game. Yeah. So honestly, like the first week was preseason. So, and we had the fitness test and I was like, I ran every day. I would run twice a day, but I knew I was so out of shape, like not out of shape, but like everyone was so, yeah, so exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, and I, I don't like running the fitness test before, like, during like our preseason, like in our summer packet, like we would have to run our fitness test every single week and I would never do it. If I'm being quite honest, I, did, I didn't do one of them. And so, and I'm like the type of person where I can go into it, like yeah. confident, still knowing like I'll be able to run this because like running track, like. Well, I we also, our, our running program over the summertime mm -hmm. was basically, you know, running fit for yeah. that, but it yeah. wasn't. It wasn't the actual what, what they had prescribed for you. Yeah, yeah. It was part of our ACL running program that I had for yeah. you, you know, 100 meters, 200 meters, mm -hmm. 400 meters. That's what I, that's like, I like these in the summer packet, like it was all like this 
like not distance but like some of it i was like this doesn't work for me i yeah. was like all the like i would for my running like i would do track workouts like i would go run the 100 200s do 400s like that's still that's one of what, our biggest debates mike mike and i had that conversation about a year and a half ago um just talking about the fitness test and, and the and the arbitrary let's do with a two mile test you know for yeah to see like completely doesn't use the even the right energy system. I mm -hmm. still see packets every summer coming yeah. from these kids that are miles of running. They come to me, you know, first off, they come to me at the beginning of the summer and they're they're sick to their stomach because they see all this running in there. Then they get halfway through the summer and I still haven't convinced them that the <laughs> long distance running is not going to do this. Yeah. And it's all about sprint work. We want to get faster we sprint, right? Um and then they're a few weeks away from taking, you know, going and, and doing the fitness test. And then I get the text message the day after the test that they smoked it, they did fine, yeah. this and that, because they stuck with the program. I, listen, I get that there's going to be one day a week if we wanted to pick one day that we were going to do like a flush, a long distance bike yeah, ride, long distance run. Yeah. But to practice that every day as a soccer player is just going I've, against the energy system. Yeah. You can still create meters and miles and everything through sprint, sprint work. work. Yeah. And it just means you're doing more of it. You're doing 10 this week, you're doing 15 next week, you're doing 30, you know, like yeah. and that's where you're building up your sprint endurance. Soccer is yeah. a sprint endurance sport. So we did talk about, you know, um, so now you're into the you're getting ready to play in the first game, yeah. Um, so first game, it was so our first game was like a scrimmage, but it was still like it would have been like any other college game, even right. though it's called a scrimmage, it was still not. And honestly, um I didn't know what was gonna happen. I was like, okay, like I was expecting to get like a few minutes. I was like coming in as a freshman, I didn't know what to expect. And then, like I just, I actually started and I was like, whoa. And like the change of pace is so different. Like I was so excited. Like I wasn't even scared about my knee at all. I didn't have any concerns at all. But like my parents were there and they were like, oh. I was like side tackling and they were like, you scare me too much. Like you need to stop that. And I was like, no, I can't stop that. that like that's my game. <laughs> like I don't know, it works like for me. Savage. Like, like, me down. <laughs> I got one speed here. I know, like, my brother calls me the ninja because I just come out of nowhere and just slide back with people. But, like, they're clean, too. Like, right, right. There's it's not, like, right. dirty. We're not talking about a cheap player here, Chelsea. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so, like, obviously, like, I realized, like, my speed, like, I wasn't 100%, like, the fastest I could have been. Like, right. I knew I was a little slower, and I knew I, I had time, like, it's going to take time to get that full yeah, speed fast. Even, even all the training that we're doing, there's, there's no substitute for game speed, yeah. right? There's there's the the adrenaline. There's the importance of it. There's mm -hmm. you know the the environment. You know the climate. Like so, yeah. there's so, so many elements at, at, at play there. Yeah, so. yeah, and it was definitely different. Like adapting to the game itself. Like I didn't play a real game in almost over a year. Right. From like COVID to my injury happening. Like I didn't play soccer for since my junior year, basically. Wow. Wow. Junior year. Like summer, basically, go well going into my senior year when I tore my ACL. Right. Um. So it was a while, and the game pace was so like it was so much faster, and like just like now you've also you've gone from high school soccer mm -hmm. right, to now college soccer at a high level. Um, so you can see the speed of the game is already changing anyway. Yeah. And you're trying to catch up to the speed of the yeah. game. Right. And it's just like adapting also to like the style of play they play because I'm so used to playing with my club team and these are brand new girls who gotcha. I've just 
our first game scrimmage was two to three days after pre like the first two practices of preseason. Wow. Yeah. Not so, time. Our first preseason started August 18th or 19th. And our first scrimmage was August 21st. Wow. Yeah. So it was just like that you're, jumped you're right in into it. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So the first like adapting to it, like I personally, I think I played really well from coming off of my knee and people like my team need to be like, I would have been, um, I wouldn't be able to tell you tore it. Like I could never. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's really so, yeah. And how many minutes were you playing at this point? Total minutes, probably. I would probably play like 85 to 80 to 85 a game. Wow. Sometimes the top I played was 100 minutes. Okay. Yeah, because that's when we went into double overtime. Okay. So, yeah. What position are you? Left mid. Left mid. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a decent amount of running there, right? Not a change of direction. A lot. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. 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 Amazing. Yeah. So two things to back up again to the high school um, track spring coach, uh, not understanding why you couldn't run. I mean, that's the biggest thing that why we want to do these type of podcasts mm-hmm. to hear from athletes, but also the educational component, because that that disconnect there is where a lot of the problem comes that the coach needs to understand literally why you can't run and yeah. why if you are a committed athlete for another sport, it's yeah. not important to push something there and yes it is a linear pattern you're doing with sprinting but there's also impact forces so as you're doing a 200 meter and you're coming around a bend you are not at risk for retearing your acl but there are other forces and stresses that could cause problems there if you're not stable Mm -hmm. yet or you don't have the endurance again because when you're doing sprints it's plyometric it's explosive so not only is it just a stability with the one rep one rep eccentric and then you know uh, the plyometric component loading through the leg but just that over and over and over again, fatigue, heat, nutrition, there's a lot of things that go into it. So you could get stress onto your joint, onto the meniscus, you know, patellofemoral issues, all these other things that pop up when you put somebody back too early. So say, well, I won't tear my ACL doing that again. Yeah, but there's yeah. other things that'll pop up. And we noticed that with athletes that go back a little too soon because they're not ready. So they start getting stressed and they're like patella tendon, they start getting quad tendon stuff, or just all these other things pop up. And it's because yeah. You're not ready for this loading. So that's yeah. something that you know, what was I, your prayer? What was it? Patella. Patella. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I applaud the winter coach for understanding that the spring coach, as obviously someone that would have to step into some, some educational components to understand why. Yeah. The other thing too, going back to the volume of running, you know, there is a difference in understanding the time under tension and the volume which goes into a lot of the training that we are bringing into this facility mm-hmm. in terms of the cross training and conditioning programs that we're going to be developing for athletes as well as all of our clients here. But five miles, you know, or two, was two miles, give it two miles, strict run is one component. You can accumulate two miles in doing 50 meter sprints, doing shuttle runs, doing certain types of, mm-hmm. of uh, you know, drills with the running encompassed in it. You still accumulated two miles of volume but you were doing it differently so that's the difference and it's just an old school philosophy that they're just writing that on there because they think that it worked but that's like doing like 90s fitness yeah like we're not we're in 2022 so now being so cookie cutter in general just yes like, all right well if i if i say run two miles and beat these times it's easier for them to give that to somebody than to say listen i need you to go out and set up cones that are 25 yards apart and sprint and walk back and sprint and mm-hmm. walk back and do that like 
sometimes yeah. I just feel like it, it's it's the fear of the actual not understanding what you yeah. want from them, and then somebody who doesn't understand like, okay, I need to run zero to a hundred for that twenty five yards yeah. and not jog it right because now they're jogging that and they're like, oh, well, this isn't really working. Yeah. So they're not understanding like when we're sprinting, it's an all out sprint. It's max capacity max you know max velocity that, that we're looking for in in this in this sprint we're not just running and then you know we'll, so i don't know if it's if, if it's that if it's just that it's still not understanding what energy systems mean and, and i mean at this point there's so much information out there how do you not know that but at the high school level i just constantly see that and we, we've gone from coaches who don't test at all don't do any fitness testing and, and eyeball it to to coaches that are, are running kids for three miles to the one I heard over, over last year. I won't mention any schools, but um, it was a girls team and they started the practices with a three mile warm up. I mean, there, there was no actual movement prep. There was no actual, you know, mobility. It was, that was how they warmed up was a three mile. I talk about trying to hurt somebody. I mean, that's, Listen, I get it that like when we were growing up, you know, in, in quotes there, like you, you didn't, you have to go and stretch and warm up and go and play, but we're looking at a different level of this, you know, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know where and, and why we're seeing it other than the fact that, that we're, we're specializing in sport, you know, and when we played it each season was just a different sport I and mean, we cross-trained. And we were luckier. I don't know the, the speed of games, uh, the amount of games that that, that athletes are playing now. Like we never. I mean, I think my football season was like eight games. You know, <laughs> what yeah. the heck? It's over. You know, like yeah. before even we did more practicing than we did anything. Yeah, you know? I think our games were shortened this year too. I think we either had sixteen or eighteen, and normally we have like twenty. Okay. Maybe. Okay. It was that shortened because of of uh, honestly, COVID I think, or anything, or just no, I think. I can't remember. It might have been partially because of COVID, but we also did have two games that like got canceled. We just never rescheduled them. So we also talked, Mike, about the the surface that you're on, the footwear that you're wearing. Uh, I'm going to even use the if you can even remember back to like your stride length. That just brings me back to the the um, the Instagram post I just put up watching that receiver last night. He catches the ball and turns and goes into a full stride, but then decides that he wants to plant and cut. And his one leg is so far extended out in front of his body, your feet need to be underneath you in order to make those type of cuts. So now his leg's fully extended and he goes to try to plant and make that cut. And you can see the knee buckle. You can you can almost see the ACL tear, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. um, which is just, it's just sad to see. But I mean, you look at pictures of the, of the athlete, He's, I mean, you may have more muscle on your legs than, than him. I mean, his, he got stick legs. <laughs> he's a really skinny guy. I mean, he may be a fast, you know, world-class athlete, but he's pretty skinny, man. And it looked like there was even some hypermobility. Like, I'm not going to get in here and, and diagnose the whole thing. But when you were, take us back again to the beginning of our conversation here, what kind of cleats were you wearing? Were you on grass? Were you on turf? Uh, was your leg extended out in front of you? Like, um, I was on grass. I was wearing Nike cleats. 
Um, I remember you asked me what kind of like how the bottoms were, if they were right. circular or like triangular. And I, mine were both. Okay. So mine were both the circular and triangular. Yeah. Um, my strand, I really don't remember. I'm trying. Yeah, I had the ball at my feet, so okay. I was dribbling. Okay. Um, did, did you step on the ball wrong? No, I, I'm. It might have since I was on grass. It might have been like a patch, like a dirt pat or like a hole or something that like made my leg buckle. Gotcha. But that's all I could think of. Okay. Yeah. This is why we need to focus a lot too on a non-visual reliance for field sport athletes, or even any athlete. Um, you don't look at your feet when you're playing mm -hmm. your sport. You have to trust that the feedback you're getting through your leg and your, your foot is, is appropriate. So when I have an athlete stand on a stable surface and close their eyes on one leg and they fall over, that's a red flag. And then when there are clinicians out there that are doing plyometrics on kids that aren't that stable yet, that's concerning, you know? So having you talk about this process and understanding what's going, what's going on is important because other athletes that have to go through this process are going to understand what they're up against. They're going to understand there's a light at the end of the tunnel, but what the appropriate process is, because if you didn't have the foundation that you had and did all, I mean, PT's boring. I mean, it's, you have I you doing that. the boring stuff, right? <laughs> I love that. But compared to what Joe has you doing, yeah, but yeah, you need yeah. that foundation. Yeah. Laying the foundation of a house is boring. Digging yeah. the hole in the ground and putting the foundation. When you start seeing the house erect and all the cool flashy stuff come together, mm -hmm. the only reason that stays together is because the foundation is solid there. Mm -hmm. So because you put that work in, and it always comes back to that. All the, the stuff you'll, you'll put into your training and pepper it in is all the foundational things. Anybody could kind of do the, the flashy stuff, the shiny object stuff. But if you don't have the foundation, then it all crumbles down. Yeah. So that's why a lot of those basic things you did are things that you'll still add into your routine with your training, your ankle mobility, your single leg stuff, some of your core stuff, because it keeps you kind of bulletproof, keeps you together. It's like, you mm -hmm. know, also like the framing of your car, you know, it doesn't matter how flashy it is outside the frame has to be solid, you know, and you kind of picked up on that and you understood that as well as, you know, some of the other athletes are bringing on here. And this is what we want this message to get across that you kind of understood the whole process of how it all comes together. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, part of Mike and I doing this and bringing on the irony is, you know, that we've been able to have so many athletes that we work with together, but to really get the message out to the parent and understand that you know, this doesn't stop after physical therapy. Like, um, good thing you had Mike so that he yeah. could then direct you to, you know, a program like mine. Um, I still find that that's still a missing piece. You know, physical therapists don't know where to, you know, refer to at that point. So uh, if you're out there listening, then you're welcome to send, yeah. send them this way. I mean, because that's an important piece. That's exactly why I got into the, the space that I did, because I saw that there was a tremendous space there from when these athletes were leaving physical therapy for whatever reason, insurance purposes, um, you know, it got uh, the lack of uh, motivation to want to go there anymore because it does get past it after a while. Like, whatever the, the reason was, like, they, they still needed a, a, another piece to get them ready to go back to the field. And that's kind of where I stepped into. Uh, and I've been, you know, quite frankly, I, I've been successful and it's been a lot of fun doing it. Uh, I love what I get to do every day. Uh, this is even, even cooler to be able to bring, bring you back on 
you're 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 striding, you're going back. Will you play spring season? Do they have the spring season for you? Um no, I wish we did. Okay. But we just do conditioning and lifts three times a week. And then there's one day in the spring where we either play like a full game, like eleven v eleven, or do like round robin seven v sevens. So you you'll actually you'll strength train three days a week now. Um yeah. So typically right now we do before break we were doing two to three times a week um i we would it'd be like for it wasn't long it was like 35 40 minutes okay. and then is i was structured through a strength coach or yes. is it just kind of, okay. yeah okay. and then i would actually go to the gym afterwards and do my own workouts gotcha. add a little bit more a little yeah bit. yeah Kobe Bryant motivation <laughs> and you know, like just keep on pushing like yeah that's not enough i got more you know yeah because <laughs> because like with our strengthening like we have like a um a card so like we would track like how much like we're squatting like all this stuff and we have to go up and wait like each week but i was like i have to start out such a low weight because obviously i'm not going to be able to do like 10 reps of squats with like plates on but like mm-hmm. i can squat a like good get good five reps of like a plate right. on two plates right, on right, yeah. so like obviously i'm not gonna like do that so like i'll just go back to the gym and do like more of like my heavy like weird stuff how do the they gym. mark everything for you is it we do it ourselves okay, we have so to write everything one down. of the girls i was that i have in here that you, you probably remember uh maddie who um goes to youngstown state i was sending the whole process with them there's there's like a Almost like there's uh, force plates that they're actually standing on, but there's also an iPad that reads their movement, gives them baseline. So if they were shifting, it'll show you the shift and show you. That's cool. It'll yeah. actually, if you continue to go yeah. into that force shift, it'll actually beep and like you know your warning, and then yeah. I guess it turns red or whatever, yeah. like with the lighting. I mean, talk about, I mean, that's his young yeah. state. So that's yeah. got to be a, you know, yeah, that's Alabama, kinda, Michigan. Yeah, and like, sure. well, I mean, that to me is, that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, that, and, and it's still happening, right? I mean, look at Alabama. And that program down there is the, one of the top programs. Like, we can't say it's the top program because Georgia won, but, but that program and Dr. Andrews being a part of that, like, and these things are still happening to these kids. Why do you, why, why, like, why, why do you think? I mean, there's always, there's always outliers. It's a complex situation. You don't know, like, what, what was going on, you know, the weeks leading up, you know, how diligent they are at their programming, you know, um, and maybe some things are fading off as they go through the season, this championship game. We don't know if some things were tailing off a little bit. You know, there's a lot of things that go on behind closed doors, you know. I mean, also, there's obviously, like, nutrition and hydration, for a lot of these high-end schools, really try to keep tabs on that. So they try to close the gap as to what the external factors could be. Um, but there's always some type of outlier or something. Something kind of always gets missed there, you know. So that's why, you know, what, what you're doing is, is the more you're, you're trying to be diligent with, with holding yourself accountable on all the things you learn and taking care of yourself. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, every athlete, every individual is to advocate for themselves, even if you are on a team sport. And any pro athlete will tell you that. Um, even when you have all these, these measures that you're accountable for, you have all the coaches looking over you and things like that. It always comes down to the athlete to do the stuff because they can't keep yeah. tabs on everybody. Yeah. So the athletes that do take the time to do that are the ones that are going to have long careers, you know, but um, then there's just always just some, some fortunate things that happen too, you know? Do they give you a nutrition program or do you, do you follow anything at, at school? No, 
we were supposed to get something for like all athletes were supposed to get a nutritional program but honestly i think with covid and everything like they haven't really gotten around to it yet come and reach out to dr anna robbie (laughs) (laughs) she's got a great nutrition program out there uh we actually helped her write one for the um for the injured athlete coming back in the different phases of what you should be eating other things to be avoiding at certain times of of the year or or of of the process um She's a female athlete herself. Um, she she did a great job with it. Yeah, she specializes in female nutrition. So even if you're not injured and you're looking for performance, she can lay out nutrition plans that are geared towards females because you know your your metabolic you know stability and everything is totally different than men. And there's more research coming out about that. So your nutrition is gonna be different mm-hmm. than a male athlete. So it's it's kind of an awesome resource to have, especially considering we work with mostly females here for them to be able to have that conversation and understand it um, and get away from all the diet fads and, you know, all these weird things that cause insecurities. <laughs> There's a lot of crap out there. So, yeah. you know, yeah. It just gets you feeling good about what you're doing and confident about what you're doing. So yeah, it's also have as a resource. What would you uh, imparting in, in here? What, any advice to female male athlete out there that's going through the process uh, that it just happened to, um, no matter what phase they're in, you know, just happening to uh, leaving PT and, and being confused and not knowing where to go. Yeah. Give us your advice. Honestly, I just like try to keep a positive mindset because that really helps you get through it all because it is a long process and it seems like it's never going to end. But once you get back to playing, like it's all going to be worth it. And just keeping that, like your mental state as high as possible and just continue to work hard and doing more than what you're given at like PT or sports rehab and continuing doing it even after sports rehab, because if you just stop, then you can lose all that progress. And that's all that work is for somewhat nothing. If you get injured again. And the thing about that, like even just in in strength training alone, once you get to about that 10 day mark, you're really at that, you know, diminishing return, you know, like you're basically going back to the beginning, right? After 10 days of not doing something. So uh, I, I really try to keep the kids in here like on, on an every third day type of thing. You know, if you figure you're getting in here about 10 to 12 times a month, plus the things that you're doing on your own, you know, and that, and that again, that's the good advice there is to make sure that you're doing the stuff outside of here. You're only seeing, you know, PT or, you know, or a program like mine, maybe a couple hours a week. Yeah. Right. I mean, there's a lot of hours in a week. What are you doing with those hours outside yeah. of that? How are you eating? How are you hydrating? You know, how are you sleeping? Right. That's a, that's a big one. Right? We're at the recovery there. So, um, Mike, kind of take us out here. I think just seeing someone as focused and successful as you've done, Chelsea, is awesome. It makes us all worth it. That's why yeah. it's great to bring you on here because I, you're one of the athletes I use as a, a role model for you know all the athletes that are coming in or injured i use you as an example and we have a couple other that we're all bringing on here as examples um and i have to say right now i think the the girls are more focused than than the boys uh i mean i know the injury hits acl hits females more so that's gonna be a little skewed but the female athletes we get in here have been uh more focused more dedicated taking more (laughs) seriously than some of the males you guys are crushing it although we do have a couple males lately that have really been doing awesome too so i but i think when they hear you know, individuals like yourself speak and they see like the success stories and they see the cool stuff, um, it'll motivate them and, and they could just, you know, they could assimilate with it. You know, yeah. it's hard when it just comes with someone like me and Joe, so I think we don't understand. Um, even though 
I mean, I, I played competitive sports. I still am an athlete. I still yeah. compete. I never had an ACL tear, thankfully. But, you know, when you see it over and over, you see the patterns and you understand and, and you know how much work goes into it. Like Joe and I work together to really create a strong algorithm of what we do. So it's not just giving people exercises yeah. to do in a corner, which unfortunately some athletes get stuck doing in some other places. But a lot more of what we're bringing into this facility in 2022 is going to open up some even more doorways for that. So even athletes like yourself will want to come back and try some of that stuff or, or revamp their training on off season or some of that, that door is open for that to happen. And it's only going to get better, which we're really excited for. Yeah. So it's great to see you be as successful and be happy and be able to play and get back to it, you know, and not have this happen again. It's just, we want the parents and the coaches and the athletes to just listen. If you just be patient and you do it the right way, you don't have to go through this again, because when you go through it again, a second tear, it's just a large hole to climb out of. Yeah. We don't want to see that happen. Yep. Yeah. Patience and consistency is what I tell, you know, the athlete and the yes. parent. And, you know, Mike is right. You know, take advantage of your off season. You know, uh, we have other programs in here. You know, once, once you're done with the, the performance therapy and there's the performance training side of things. Um, so the athletes that are out there, you know, take advantage of that. That's this, you know, the facility now that, that, that we're in encompasses so much stuff. I mean, we have Ivy rehab in here. We have sports rehab in here. Uh, we're going to be starting up a, uh, an adult functional fitness program um, through FitLife called DecaFit. And, you know, we'll talk about that a little bit um, in maybe one of our other episodes. Maybe you and I will get Nancy or, or Jared on and just kind of talk about that a little bit mm -hmm. because that is something that, that Mike competes in. Uh, that I'm going to certainly, you know, dip my toes in that. It seems Master's like division, fun. baby. Master's Let's division, go. You know, so. Aces and braces. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> So uh, Mike's going to put the pressure on me every day. I come in, he asks me what I'm eating, you know, my training, did I work out today? So <laughs> No more uh, cookies. No more cookies. Mm. I love chocolate chip cookies. Anybody wants to send them this way, 157 Railroad Drive. <laughs> uh, Mr. Vieta, yeah, you get a whole box yeah, of cookies yeah, I'll get a whole front. box of cookies. That would be amazing. Um, you can do it anonymously, uh, anonymously, or you can do it, you know, and, and put your, you know, I can give you some shout out, Craig. Uh, but again, just thanks for the time. Thanks for coming in. You know, I know you're getting ready to go back to school. I wish you nothing but the best coming Thank back. You. Thank you. Um, kick butt, and hopefully we'll see you back over the summertime. Yep. All right. Thank you for having me. Awesome. All right. We are out.